This is Heather Bookout, and you're listening to From Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit. We are so excited today because we are talking with Heather Bookout from Huntsville, Alabama, and she and her husband, Ben, own a Bookout Studios, and they have been in business for the past 17 years. What I'm so excited about with Heather is she's probably one of the most creative photographers I know. And whenever you look on like social media and Instagram, I feel like it's just like regurgitation over and over and over of the same thing. And whenever I see what Heather's doing, it's just out of the box, totally different, but still so connected to what's in style and um, really works with her clients. And so uh, we're excited to hear uh, what Heather has to say about being profitable. And I hope that she'll add in about being creative as well. Yeah. And Heather, I, I didn't know much about you before, you know, Kaya brought you to my attention and you do some really, really amazing stuff. I mean, on Instagram, stuff like that. And then I, as you and I were talking leading up to this, we've talked over the last couple of weeks and I realized like how much of an operation you really have going. Like, I mean, you guys are doing huge amounts of sales and it's, it seems like it's very planned, but it's very like high in volume. I don't even know how I would describe it. So I'm going to let you describe it, but it, it seems like you have really an amazing business in Alabama for sure. Thank you so much. We are. I'm so excited to be here. Um, that is something that I love that I'm super passionate about is being creative and being profitable. So I am excited to talk about both of those things, Kai. I think it's going to be great. All right. But before we jump, go too far, tell us about your new puppy. Okay, so we just adopted a beagle uh, this weekend, and does she, it have a southern? Does it have a southern accent yet? Well, possibly. <laughs> um, we did name her Rosie, and we already have another dog that's a Jack Russell Beagle mix, and her name is Barley. So we have um, Barley and Rosie now, and and they are just so adorable. Like we're getting our cuteness overload every day. So I don't know. I think it's pretty great. We love it. That's awesome. All right. So I'm going to jump right in. Kind of tell us about your expertise. I mean, I I kind of mentioned it a little bit, but tell us about your expertise and about your stylized and themed shoots and all that stuff, kind of what you're known for and what, what your business looks like. Well, uh, we just love creating really cool story-inspired type sessions. So that might be like a mermaid and a pirate. Um, And then so what we try to do is create experiences that will work for both boys and girls. And then we create a – my husband writes this amazing, beautiful story for it. And then um, we create like a Disney ride type experience where we take the client, the 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 child through this type of set with the story in mind. And our goal is to hopefully sell them that storybook at the end. And it's been really, really good. People have really connected to that. And the kids love it really well too, because it's kind of, it's exciting and it's fun for them because they're acting out um, pretend. It's like, you know, Hey, I'm a mermaid and this pirate's trying to rescue me or, and stuff like that. It's, it's really fun. And then um, another thing we do is we do a lot of high-end designer type sessions for families. Um, and that's where we kind of meet with them like an interior designer would. And this is so cool because we get to sit down and talk with them and create something custom just for them, which I love. Um, and the clients seem to really love it too, you know, just to kind of get something um, different that no one else has. And I don't know, that's what we do for our, our photography clients. Um, and then for photographers, uh, we really like to create organized results where we can kind of put together specialized plans for each photographer so their business thrives according to what 
they do. So it's not like replicating my business, but it's it's specific to what you're passionate about. And we make that, we put a plan together to support it so it's going to work really well and be successful. Awesome. So tell, tell me a little bit more about the stylized theme session because when I had to do some research about what you guys are doing, my first impression was it was something different. But you guys are actually doing... Like, so you're, you're building a plan yes, and then you're running a bunch of people through it and yes. getting pretty high end sales. Yes. Like the one, I mean, I, the one I think that's really popular right now is like the Santa experience, but you yes. guys are doing that like over and over and over all year long. Yes. Uh, we do like a fairy tale type experience when we're not doing Santa. So we just had one called the Enchanted Oasis and it's not terribly complicated, the set, but the different things that they do in the set um, in the in the experience make it really interesting. So we try to create experiences that no one else would have. Uh, we, you know, when I started the business, there was like five photographers in my town and now there's hundreds. So we're always trying to think of ways that we can differentiate ourselves from others in our strengths. So my favorite thing in the world to do is design things, whether that be, you know, how the scene's going to look in a portrait setting or like clothing or like how their hair and makeup's going to be. I just like all of that. And so I just, we try to really work on that and make that happen. So during the session, then you coach them through an actual like experience. So rather than sit here on Santa's lap and look at me and smile, you're kind of telling a story that they're living in. Is that what you're saying? Yes, kind of. So there's okay. a, the story really comes into play when they get the book and that's where it all comes okay. together and in, into life. But it's super fun. So we have like these little mini vignettes where um, they're like, okay, look, you know, see, like for instance, there's a, there's a scene that I do where Santa's looking in a book and they're all uh-huh. looking in the book together and I have um, a light source coming from that. So we have Santa in the in real life say, watch what happens when I say your name. And then it's really fun for the kids and then the light will go off. And so, but that's obviously not in the story. So we try to kind of create a really fun experience in real life. But then when they're, when they get the actual book, then that's when the story comes to life a little bit more like that. So whatever we do in real life, we try to make it fun, but sometimes it's not exactly the same as what the story would be. That's really interesting. And the way you described it to me is you kind of described it. It's like a, like a ride at Disney world, right? Like you, like, so you guys, this is all planned and it's all, that's, that's so cool. And so how many people do you guys bring through experience? So right now for our Santa experience that we're doing right now, since it's November is we have 73 sessions booked. So, and then we'll do 10 in one day. We kind of like group everything together in one day. So we're really optimized. And, you know, when you do, I like to group my specific types of appointments in the same time, the same day. So I can really get in a really good flow. And we hire hair and makeup team. We hire a greeter to come in just that day. We have, um, of course, Santa. And um, we have a whole kind of well-oiled machine from a group of people that we hire just specifically for that type of session. So it's not something I'm, you know, carrying on a big burden for with a huge staff all year long, but just for when we do those special, you know, uh, uh, sessions like this. And you guys aren't getting like, I mean, just so people understand, this isn't like the $30 Santa experience. I mean, you guys are making thousands of dollars per client. Right. Last year, our average was $2,200 for Santa. Um, We, of course, we try every year we try to improve. So I'd like to, um, you know, over 73 sessions, if we just improve it by $2,000 or $200, that's a lot of money. So just small little increments increasing our averages um, really help in, in doing that. 
That's so fun. I love hearing about that. So I know we've talked about it a little bit, you know, with the question that we've just asked, but can you expand on like, what would you say is the thing that's working now in your business? Okay. So I think the hardest thing for photographers is getting people in the door that are qualified. You know, we all know about the model calls and that tends to put people in the wrong mindset where they're like, what can you give me for free? Or they say this horrible phrase and I'm sure you guys have heard it. Oh, it's not what I want. You know, I'm doing this for you. Like they're almost like they're doing a favor. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we try to create that same sort of what works so great about the model calls is people are super interested in doing them. So we tried to think of a way that we could create that same sort of like mass amounts of people interested in them, but also be qualified. So we switched to what we call an application process, but we never use the word model. That's super important. And um, what we do is we give them a really good incentive. Like we'll do something like we'll waive the session fee. So our session fee is $200, includes hair and makeup, and we have a wide closet full of clothing. Um, So that's normally what they would pay for, for $200. We waive that, and we also gift them a free one image, five by seven, and then what we require of them to do is to pay their minimum order up front, which is also $200. And in doing that, it qualifies them. And we have the whole application process that we do, it takes them through, hey, are you okay with paying for your $200 up front? And we have like bullet questions where they can answer, yes, I am. Please pick me. No, I don't want to pay for my pictures. Or see, I'd love to pay for them, but I don't have the funds right now. And getting that them in that mindset of going, okay, well, if I can't pay for it, I probably can't do it helps us really weed through people. You know, if they say any of those two second options, we don't choose them. And we choose all the people who said, yes, I'll pay for it. And that's who we call and connect with. Do you have people that fill the whole thing out and say, no, I don't want to pay for the pictures? Yes. Every now and then, but not normally. Usually the way the process works. um, So right now, I think we got 140, no, no, excuse me, 120 applications. um, For Santa? For Santa. And we booked Uh about half of them, um, you know, because we did get them from other sources, not just this one promotion that we ran. Mm -hmm. So, and what we're, what we do is we're always testing, like, how can we improve? What can we do to Mm -hmm. improve our closing ratio on the phone? And one of the key things that we found is to really paint a picture following like bullet points on a piece of paper, not necessarily a script because you don't want to sound like a boring person, but just having um, like, Hey, we need to cover this. And remember when you applied, we said this, that you're going to have to pay for it up front after we tell about how awesome it is. So it just doesn't, you We just want to take away all uncertainty, anything that feels shady or not cool and replace it with excitement. And I cannot wait to do this. I want to come and um, pay for these pictures and get this awesome experience. That's so fun and different, but I think what you're doing really works with what people want right now. They're, they want to be special. They want to be chosen. They want to be famous. So yeah, that's fantastic. And it's one of those ideas in sales about pushing back a little bit and not appearing so desperate. When you push back a little bit that you may not be chosen, it tends to create that emotional desire in clients to want to be chosen. And it makes it them come to you a little bit more. It makes it easier to close the deal and and book the session. And so does this, uh, so does the application live on your website? So um, no, no, we do this through Facebook ads. So we spend every time we put an ad together, we usually do one a week and we'll spend between 300 to $500 on our ad. And we boot, it's a boosted ad. So I know there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but we do a, a post on our Facebook 
business page and then we boost it and we boost it to a specific demographic. We like to get women that are between the ages of 28 and 45. Um, And then there's a, you know, Facebook is always changing how they do things, but what we currently are doing is there's a place for income and you can do the top uh, 25% of people's income. So they used to do it like they used to be able to do it by their house, which was awesome. But then they took that demographic away. So now we do it by the top income. And then we also, um, when we're doing Santa sessions or we do, uh, children under 12. So they need to have children under 12. So we do all of those little breakdowns, you know, all the way down to a baby. Um, And that's kind of how we really target our ads. And so a lot of people are confused when they first start doing Facebook ads and like, I don't have a big Facebook following. Like I only have 500 people that like my page. And so you're putting it on your page, but you're boosting it to others. And so that's confusing. And that's one thing I'd love to clear up because I think that that's something that could be really helpful for people just starting out is you don't need to have a big following. You can put that money down and show it to thousands of people beyond your actual Facebook um, reach on your normal page. So you're doing like three to 500 per ad. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, then that makes sense. You're, you're not messing around. You're making this. No. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, yeah. And it, we're definitely get that, we're getting that return on our investment because uh-huh. um, with like this it. specific um, one, you know, we, you know, we booked, I believe it was 49 sessions in two weeks doing this mm-hmm. in the last two weeks with Santa. So, um, you know, 49 times two, $200 is a huge deal. So, you know, that's, yeah. you definitely can afford it even before mm-hmm. you, you know, have gotten them in for the actual session. Very fun. All right, so tell us what you're uh, most fired up about in the industry. What do you, I mean? It doesn't. What, what are you most excited about, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, just when you think of the industry in general, what what do you think of? So I love the fact that we all can be individuals, and like, if you want to just take pictures of pets, I feel like that you could do that, and you could create a business plan that that would create success, and you would thrive in it, and you do really well doing that. And then someone else could be super passionate of, you know, taking high school seniors, and you could create the same sort of plan. I think what I love the most about our business is that you can really hone on your strengths and your values and what you really love to do, and create something that is very successful. That's fantastic. So our next question for you, I, it's so funny, Heather, I knew this was going to happen to me with your voice. You just sound so finished, you know, it's, <laughs> and I do this even when we're just vin- visiting on the phone, but I'll forget that I'm actually doing the interview and I'm like, oh, this is such a fantastic podcast. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's my turn. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. Okay. So Heather, what was holding you back from becoming a photographer when you very first started? So I think that, um, I think all of us struggle with this fear of failure. It's, um, I think sometimes you just, you know, anytime you do something new, if you're, especially if you're super, super established in doing something already, like let's say you are a dentist and you're like, how can I be a photographer? You know what I mean? Something just really established. And then there's this fear of what are people going to say? Like, don't, doesn't she know that she's wasting all of that time and energy she put to doing something else? And now she's doing this. All of those fears, I think, are what came into my head of about, oh, this is the next thing she's doing. And um, I was very motivated to prove myself, which I think that that is important. And I found something that just really connected with, you know, I feel like I have ADD, like I get really bored really easy. So I, I always want to be designing something new. So the, the business I created was based on that kind of need to constantly do something new and interesting. So to answer your question, it was fear. And I just had to put on my big girl panties and do it afraid. 
That's great. And you've, I, I feel like you've worked through that on different levels throughout the years of business. Would you agree? Yes. When I uh, really increased my prices three years ago, I really had visions of my clients picketing my building and like, you know, death threats or something terrible like that (laughs) happening. (laughs) And so, of course, that didn't happen. And I did what I needed necessary to up level. So I think sometimes when you go from like, what do you need? Do you need to have more education? Do you feel a need to feel more confident in your skills and shooting? Do you need to have a better understanding about how to sell? Like figuring out where your weakest link is and then filling that with information and education so you feel confident that you can, you know, up level and do it with success and confidence. I think that's really important. Well, and I think you and I have talked a little bit about how easy it is to get like in the wrong mindset, you know, when when yes. things aren't necessarily going right or when you're changing things, you know. Yes. And so mindset is something that um, I'm always working on. That is a a thing that all of us can get discouraged. And if something doesn't work out, like, for instance, I have been promoting my Santa sessions off and on throughout the year, and we didn't have the type of interest in it. And so my brain started saying saying these things like the pictures aren't good enough. Nobody understands how cool they are except for you. You're the only one. You made a product just for yourself. You know, that's the kind of fear-based things that started happening to me. And so when that stuff happens, it can destroy your business because then you feel like, well, I just need to pack up my games and my marbles and go home. And and, and I'm sorry that I can't, I, I didn't, you know, make, make it match. But a lot of times when we're not getting the bookings that we need, it is because our message is messed up. And that's what we need to adjust and optimize is our message. It does not matter as much as you think it does um, how how your pictures are crafted. Even though that's super important to you, it's not as important to the clients. And that is something that um, will always come up in your head. Uh, and, it, and it does for me still. If, if, I'm, if I fail at marketing, I think I'm a bad person, that nobody likes me. And like, I really struggle with that. And so that's something I have to kind of reframe in my brain and be like, is that really true? No, that's not true. What is true? And change those beliefs and go, okay, my I didn't have a really good offer, so they don't understand what's in it for them. I need to re- restructure that. And then that creates such a, such a better place to be in because you never want to create marketing when you're feeling low and discouraged and desperate because that's when you create those really bad clients because you know you kind of get back what you're putting out in the world. So that's really important. And I think that's so true. Like, when you're struggling, you're, you instantly think, oh, it's my pictures or it's my business model or it's my prices and or you start messing me. with that. <laughs> or yeah. it's me. Yeah. yeah, it's me. They don't like me. They don't understand me. Or my town's not big enough. Or, you know, there's lots of things that happen. But what really is the truth is that when you're sharing your message, for some reason, it's not connecting to the people you're trying to, to reach. And so either may, it might be confusing um, that or it might not be giving them enough certainty. So they believe, you know, they feel like trusting you and, and taking the plunge. So just and, then, you know, sometimes I, I will go and read stuff. I'll start listening to good music. I'll try and shake it off to quote Taylor Swift, you know, just to kind of get myself in a better place mentally, because it really, really matters, you know, how you feel about what you're doing. Yeah, that's so true. So uh, on that kind of, that note of, you know, t- kind of what you're thinking, uh, what's the best advice you've ever received? Okay, so um, 
I feel like you are always either moving forward or falling backwards in your business. So I think that some of us are like, well, this is going pretty good. Let's coast. When you start coasting, you start kind of sliding a little bit and get comfortable and you maybe you stop marketing and they're like, wait, um, I don't have anybody coming in and next month, what am I going to do? So what I try to do is always have a daily and like a weekly, like every Monday we talk about last week, like how was it with our clients? What could we, what went right what should we do more of? What should we do less of? How should we readjust? Um, and we're talking about in everything when it comes to sales, to experiences, to um, just processes. Like, you know, clients seem to be confused about this. How can we make them less confused? Things like that. And so I'm always trying to work on making it better. And I've definitely gotten to that mindset of always make it better instead of let me just figure something out. And then so I never have to think about it again. I think that's the wrong way of thinking. You should always be thinking about how to make it better. Yeah, and so Allison and I, my wife Allison and I, just kind of went through this whole coasting thing you were talking about. Because you know, we we got pretty tired after running our business for ten years, and we're like, okay, let's just like take a year off and reap the benefits of what we, you know, what what we'd built. And it was it was so hard. And what and I didn't quite figure that out. I was like, man, this just seems just as hard. And what somebody told me is it's just as easy or it's just as much work to grow your business as it has, is to maintain your business. So why why don't you just grow your uh, business? Love that. And the other and the other part about what was interesting is when we were maintaining, like the mental game was like totally different. You know, there was a lot of self-doubt and stuff like that because things weren't coming in because we were just coasting and we were waiting for phone calls and stuff. So the mental game was harder and the and running the business was just as hard. So you know, why don't we grow it instead of coasting? So we've, you know, in the last year made the switch back to growing again. And it's been such a much more positive experience for us. That's great. Yeah. Because I don't think there's such a thing as neutral emotions. You know what I mean? Like either you feel negative about your business or positive. And so when you get into that coasting mode, you just kind of just are like, ah, you know, that meh feeling. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not, it doesn't feel great. You know what I mean? So I love, I'd love to feel you know, try to create experiences in my life where I'm feeling good every day. Well, and your clients aren't attracted to me. Yes. (laughs) Or the wrong people are. And then, and they're like, why aren't they? Yes. Why aren't they buying anything? They're like, meh about it. You know, we don't want that. Right. (laughs) Um, So share one personal habit that you think contributes to your, to your success every day. Okay, so I'm always working on my mindset, and I do that by being super aware of what I'm thinking um, because usually uh, our fe- if we start feeling bad or feeling discouraged or feeling frustrated, it's because of a thought. And my repetitive thoughts that I tend to have is that because something's not working out, that I'm a bad person, that I'm not good enough, I didn't do it right because I tend to be a perfectionist in things. That's how I'm wired. So I re- I'm trying to rewire that and go, what's a more positive way of looking at that? So there's here's a problem. Is it positive to say you're a bad person, is that going to help anything? Um, Because it's so subconscious and so deep and it only makes you feel you know, bad, it doesn't create a solution. So all of us are always trying to focus on um, feeling good. And when we feel good, that gives life and energy and positivity where you get, you feel more creative and you feel more energized and you're more attractive to people. I think that that is the state that we're always trying to be in. And that's, it's not possible to constantly be in it, but when we get in a bad place, acknowledging and seeing where, you know, look, you know, we're looking back and going, why am I thinking this? Where's this coming from? And, um, and then redirecting your brain to think in a different way. And then, 
thinking about focusing on positive things. Like I, I feel great. I have lots of energy. Even when you don't, sometimes focusing that way changes your whole dynamic. Going on a walk can change your mindset. You know, dancing around to some crazy music that can change your mindset. So I'm always working on up leveling that mindset to a more positive, happy, enjoyable place to be. And yeah, because I think. I mean, self-doubt can creep, for me anyway, self-doubt is probably one of the first emotions that creeps in. And so just trying to be really self-aware of it and just push back on that and and just say, no, like, where's that coming from and stuff like that, I think is really good. I don't know if I'm very good at that, but I, I think it's really good advice for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Heather, uh, recommend an internet resource for us or something something digitally or electronically or online uh, that you use for your business. Okay. Yes. Um, um, so I think this speaks along the lines of mindset. And a lot of times people are like, I want to do it, but for something's holding me back, I have these invisible walls. So, um, I really love guided meditations. I'm not super good with regular meditations where you just have to sit there because my brain goes squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You know, (laughs) I just can't create, create, create. (laughs) Right. It's really hard for me to do it. So, but if someone's talking and they, and usually, um, it's like, you know, imagine this or do this, my brain can rest in that a lot better. So there's one called called Overnight Riches, which I don't really love that name because it's not really what it does. What it does is change your brain into being in the right state to be successful. So I feel like you should say how to be in a right mindset. That's what that really does for me. And so the the name of the lady is Summer McStravick, and it's called Overnight Overnight Riches. So it's like... A website you go to, like, yeah, yes. tell us a little bit more yes. like how it works. So you go to her website and you can download this specific meditation. I have it on my phone. And so I play it at night when I'm falling asleep. And I usually don't even listen to the whole thing because I'm usually out. But it, just doing that just primes my subconscious for directing me. It's like a rudder on your ship. It's just directing you in a better way. So you're getting that influence um, from others that's that's really positive positive. And it just helps support you to succeed. And I've recommended this to so many photographers, and they've like my the feedback that I've gotten, not just from myself, but from others, is that it really, really works. And so you don't have to think about it too much, but it's just a very calming, encouraging, helpful thing that I've found. Uh, I increased our sale. I used to listen to it almost every single night, and and that one year we increased our sales by three hundred thousand dollars that one year. Um, and that's a, ma- it was a massive increase from what we had been doing. That's a big for. jump. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a big jump. So, so everybody, everybody <laughs> listen to this meditation and, and then send us just 10%, just 10% of the money that you need. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for chips and salsa. Yes. Right, right. So that, that's really interesting. See, I've never done anything like that in my life. So I definitely could add this and not, it wouldn't be that big of a change for me, yeah. but I just have never done anything like this. Yeah, people so. are afraid of it because they, it just seems too far out there. But we're always... It's like voodoo. Yeah, well, we're always meditating on something. Whether it's a TV show, that's like a form of meditation. It's like sending a message to you. And so listening to music is that way as well. So I think that it's just I, a new way of I, thinking. I, and I think the reason I'm ready to hear this too is so here's a story, a personal story that happened like maybe six months ago. I was like having a hard time, not really sleeping, but I was waking up like really antsy Mm. and, and it wasn't, things weren't going very well. And they one of my friends was like, Hey, what are you doing right before you go to sleep? And I was like, well, I'm watching TV. And and I was like, and I always have, like, that's what I do. I just watch some TV. I fall asleep and whatever. And she's like, well, did you change what you're watching 
you know, that could change your mood. And she said, because what happens is even though you go to sleep, like your mind is still listening to the TV. For sure. And then here, here's my guilty pleasure that I will confess on the podcast. <laughs> so what, what I had changed is I started, I had started going to bed watching that show Live PD where they're like arresting no, people. No, no wonder you're anxious. Yeah. <laughs> and you're I meditating like, on police work, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, people getting tackled. And, I mean, was, <laughs> That's awesome. And, and it was like no big deal for the first couple of days, but like after like maybe a week or so, like it was, it was changing my whole day and I had, I had to give it up and and it's probably the best thing I've ever given up in my life because it really wasn't doing anything for me. But um, you think? <laughs> yeah, right. you know, I'm just stating the obvious to everybody. <laughs> uh, but it but it really made a difference. And so I think by listening to like something like this as you go to bed, your 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 mind is still listening to it even after you fall asleep, and it's it's. De- probably doing more for us than we would ever understand. For sure. I yes. Wow, that's such a great example. Yeah. So, you're doing you're doing guided meditation for $300,000 and I'm doing live PD and not getting along with anybody in the world. So. <laughs> that's funny. So, Heather, I have kind of I want to ask this question in two ways cuz I want to I want to hear your answer on both sides of it. Well, one of the things is while you were talking, I was thinking about all the photographers out there that do mini sessions. Yes. And I mean, my clients are like, well, what, when are your mini sessions? Yes. What are you, when are you going to do your mini sessions? I want to do your $350, 10 digital file mini session. And I'm like, there's no such thing, but there's this, I, I mean, this mindset out there from, you know, from regular people to photographers that that's what they do. And I feel like before the digital files were really a big thing that you did a sort of mini session, like yes. that's what you were transitioned from. Yes. So what it would be your guidance to a photographer who's wanting to transition from doing that, you know, the low end mini session to the high end uh, volume experience that you do? So what we did is we just always try and do something different that everybody else is doing. And we're, we always try to, we always try to reverse engineer where we want our clients to be when, when they come to the order process. So for instance, in the mini session, they're like, just give me those files. And I think that's also that new question where people just don't know what to ask. So they're like, right. you know, we just want to try you out. Like, can I just, like I had this conversation, I just want to try you out. Do you have like a mini session? And that's just basically the same pres- question of how much is your eight by 10 is, which we heard constantly when we first started. And that's just lack of um, knowledge from the client, not knowing what to say. And so I think that some of them out there on the phone really do want the mini session and want those, you know, 10 digital files. But what they really want to know is more information about your business. So I think just kind of stopping right there and going, wait, tell me why you want that. Is that just because you, you know, tell me more about that? You know, that's a really great phrase we love to do to kind of dig a little deeper when a client asks such a specific request like that. Um, you know, when they ask about eight by tens, I think sometimes people are just wanting a general bar pro- ballpark of how much you cost. So uh-huh. just kind of reframing it that way. And then to your second question of if you are a mini session photographer, how to change it. Okay. So step one is you have to be like, I want to change it because if you don't want to change it, then that's going to just be really difficult. You'll be fighting your own self on that. So you have to make a decision of, Hey, I think there might be a better way where I could be making more money, um, for your time, for your time. Mm-hmm. And I want more respect for what I'm do. I don't want to be just one of those shooting burners, as everyone refers them 
I want to be different. And if you want to be different, then, you know, create an experience that you would really connect to because whatever we do, we also have to believe in, you know, and then that's what we did. And that's how we crafted our special experiences that we do. And so um, if someone asked me that on the phone, I said, you know, we don't have many sessions, but what we do have is something like no other photographer has. Can I share that with you? Mm, That's good. And so That's, that's fantastic. And that really helps. And then of course they want they people want different so that that really works well. Yeah. So in general, what would be your parting guidance that you want to leave with our audience? Okay, so I just kind of talked a little bit about reverse engineering every goal you have, every idea, every thought. Um, focus on your results. So if the result is I only want to work 20 hours and I want to bring, I want to sell $100,000 and I only want to do um, two sessions a year, that, you know, that really focuses on you've got to find a $50,000 client. Is that doable? Are you, do you have the skills there to create that? You, and I know that's a kind of like a crazy example, but that's what you need to do is kind of figure out, are your goals even possible with the skills and the level of knowledge that you currently have, and then create a plan in place to make that happen. And so that's what we love to do, you know, here at the studio, anytime we have an idea, we're like, how can we make that work um, to make it profitable? And so we start with the end of, we want to make an average order of this amount. How can we do that is this possible with our sales process? And we go that way. And then a lot of times photographers really focus on our average order, getting that average order up. And when I was really last year or two years ago, when I was really trying to increase my um, my yearly goal, I kept struggling because I kept increasing my averages, but then my frequency would adjust to be like lower if I was higher on my averages, like frequency is the amount of sessions we were doing. And, yeah. and it was like, I kept just getting stuck at a specific number every month. It was almost exactly the same within uh, like a thousand dollars of it. And I was like, I have a problem here. I'm limiting myself from like, this is where I'm comfortable with the amount of money I'm making. And so then I char- started to focus on two different aspects of my goals. I focused on the average order and the amount of sessions that we were doing. And I really, really focused on that because you can look at a calendar and it looks super full, but it's really not. You know what I mean? We trick ourselves Mm -hmm. to think, oh, I'm booked. But are you booked or are you only halfway booked? And when you're fully booked, that's when those goals really come into play. And that's when you dial in your marketing, getting those plans that really, you know, get people in the door that are qualified. That's That's really good. Yeah. So, man, I'm I'm doing what what Kaya, you were saying you're doing. You just sit here and listen to (laughs) her speak. And then you're just like, wow, I just need to put down my headphones and go take care of some of <laughs> I've been stuff. taking yeah. notes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay. So real quick, two things share with our audience. I know that you have a book that you want to yeah, recommend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then also I know that you have a free gift for our audience as well. So just do those back to back and then we'll wrap up right after that. Okay. So the book I'd like to remember, recommend is the big leap and it's called, and it has like a colon. It says conquer your hidden fear and take your life to the next level. And the author is Gay Hendricks. It is so great because I, I love this book because it's helpful to find out those hidden walls that would prevent us from reaching our potential. Like remember I was saying, I kept only making the same amount every month, even though I I kept trying to up-level everything, it helps us realize what those might be and address them so you can get better. And it really is super um, positive because it focuses your brain on things that you can turn up the volume on thing on the good things in your life and the things you want more of, like you want to have positive energy, you want to have success, you want to feel love and happiness. And it shows you how to do that in your personal life and in business. And it was really, really helpful for me. I, I reference it a lot um, You know, when I, when I jump on the struggle bus and I'm like, 
like, hey, I need to feel a little bit better. Why? What's happening? And it's usually something where my brain's getting on board and, uh, you know, saying something that's not true. And, and this is really helpful to help, you know, weed that out and get down to the core of what's going on. So I really, really love that book. Yeah, that, that one, just based on this conversation, if that's the book you're recommending, this that one moved to the top of my list for sure. So it's just so interesting how you've talked about, you know, like stopping and being conscious of your thoughts and stuff, because I'm not good at that. And I so I'm, this book is going to get ordered this afternoon for sure. Awesome. Okay, so share. I know you have a free gift for our audience. Yes. Share that with the link and stuff like that. Perfect. And yes, I'd love to, So what I love to do is kind of, you know, when you're in the playground and you're like, mom, come push me on my swing. I want to give you a really big push. So what I'd like to do is give you my top 10 ways to optimize your photography business for success. And you can find it at my website, which is bookoutstudios.com forward slash forward slash coach. Heather, that's so exciting that you're giving that gift to our listeners. And we will also put a link into the show notes for it. And I will definitely, I will definitely be downloading it and checking that out. So uh, thank you all for listening today. And we hope you have a great day and that you take away some, uh, just some fantastic pieces of advice and some new ways of thinking from our interview with Heather Bookout today on From Nothing to Profit. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.